COVID's hitting you that hard, is it? <laughs> I just don't know about this show anymore, man. Really? One one bad episode, and then whatever this is, and you're like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe you can turn me around. I don't think I'll tell you right now. I don't think it's a bad episode. I don't think it's a great episode. <laughs> I don't think we're where we need to be, considering we only have one episode left after this. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm. Right, like, I don't know. Unless the final episode comes out and it's like an hour and a half long. Like, I I don't know. Hmm. I think we're inching towards this, like, this series ending and it not feeling like a complete series, just feeling like a setup for for this film that's coming, presumably. Because it's Star Wars, so who the hell knows? Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. We are the B team. And pirates, apparently. That's First Lieutenant Carl. And this is Swap the Deck Brady. What? No, I I I left you as First Lieutenant to leave room for me to be captain. Why why would why? Why did you demote me even further? What 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 would you have preferred me label you as? Captain. What? You're not my captain. captain. Oh, captain, your captain, I am. Not my captain. You're, I didn't you're, vote for you. You are the Smee to my it, James T. Hook. This is a democracy. <laughs> you're not my captain. I didn't vote for you. Yeah, but there's only two of us. How do you think democracies work when there's only two people? Not well. <laughs> How do you think a pirate crew works when there's only two people? Not well. Whoever has a bigger stick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could get a bigger stick than you. And we are here reviewing season one, episode seven, Dreams and Madness. Okay. The Ahsoka series. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't understand this title, but that's okay. Whatever. I really don't I really don't understand this title. I don't know what it has to do with anything. Um, yeah. Like at all. What dreams? <laughs> what dreams? What dreams are we talking about? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we'll so, find out. Let's get to it. So Hira. <laughs> she in trouble. Is in front of the council because she disobeyed the rules because she's apparently in this new republic, being a general means dick. Means absolute dick. You don't, as a general, you don't have any, like, uh, what? It seems like being a general in the New Republic is akin to being a manager at a company that doesn't actually give any res- any privileges or um, authority to their managers. Just responsibility. We'll give you a 50 cent pay raise. And you'll be on the hook for a lot more. <laughs> you have to manage a lot more. But you still don't get to call any shots, even though yeah. you're now a boss. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one that's been out of shape about this? That seems no, like this whole setup no, is like, no. why Why the hell is she not able to like yeah. make any choices on her own? Hera's upset about this. Carson's upset about this. I'm sure... Uh, it seems like um, that uh, just kind of she can't really say much because of her position. But Mon Mothma is kind of like, what are we doing here? She's doing her job. But, she's doing her job. Yeah, she's doing her flipping job. But Mon Mothma is also very. Yeah, she's got to be nonpartisan. It's, it's democracy, be, right? Yeah. She's yeah. She knows her position. She knows that they have fought endlessly to get to a point where they can have this type of government. Yeah, and so she is. Um, yeah, yeah. She's playing playing the role she needs to play. So yeah. here is there, and and it, nobody seems to have an issue with anything except for the one douchebag that Z- objected. Yeah. The first time, Senator Zeno, Zino, Ziox, and I, whatever his yeah. name is, who <clears throat> I'm saying right now, 
throughout this entire conversation. I don't know how anyone would be in disagreement that this guy is an Empire sympathizer. Yeah. It makes me want He's to crooked. watch. It makes me want to watch the um, Resistance animated. Because apparently his son pl- plays a big role in that. And so I think through that, we'd get to learn who he is a bit more. Well, I'm also ready to start watching Rebels. Like, I need to watch Rebels, and then I'm ultimately, yeah. I'm like, well, I might as well watch Resistance, right? Like, yeah. these are canon things. Yeah, I haven't um, seen Resistance yet. But, like, this character and the way he is acting makes me want to find out a little bit more about him. Because, yeah, yeah is he, he's acting like a sympathizer that's sitting on the council and trust trying yeah, to disrupt, disrupt stuff. He's a mole. The other, the, the flip side to that is... He's just a a a a, 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 a crap a shitster, you know. Like he he's like, yeah. He he he, he believes what he's saying. You know, is but what he I'm also, saying. Also, he also like too often he seems like he's not wanting anyone to to look deeply into anything. Yeah. Well, he's just leave he, this alone. Just yeah, don't look. He's at it. like. The uh, right. the actual I think imperial sympathizer we got in the Mando series his... that kind of circumvented yes. Carson's investigation for and yes. asking for help. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. So, uh, so here is firing back. Right, he's like, "Well, you know, so you just disobeyed orders or you ignored orders to go follow, you know, you know, whatever." <sighs> yeah. And she's like, "No, I ignored you." Yeah, she's got like she's, she got good arguments. <laughs> she got beef with this guy. They're in yeah. a little. They're once again. They're in a little bit of a pissing match. Um, and and she says, "Look, I was doing my job. My job is to defend and protect the people of the New Republic, and I was doing my job the only way that I know how to do." And and so this argument's going back and forth a little bit, and then. We hear how rude. <laughs> a very familiar voice. How rude. I am seeing and, and uh, yeah. It's like <laughs> identification. I don't need to provide identification. I am C3P. And look. I don't know if this is great. Or if this is just a lazy member, Barry. I don't know where I stand on it. Basically, C-3PO shows up. And he comes in, and he's he's the uh, official ambassador. He's, he's delivering a message from Senator Organa, Princess Leia. Yeah. Who I guess is no longer, was, was no longer a princess the second Alderaan was blown up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, at what point do we stop calling her Princess Leia? Well, I guess as soon as she's no longer the princess of anywhere, because that <laughs> anywhere doesn't exist. So, General... She's now orphan. Pr- Senator, orphan Leia. <laughs> orphan Leia, right? Even her adopted parents are gone. Um, and, and he comes in and basically says, hey, you know, like, this, I just, I'm here to let you know that this mission, there's been a real mix-up here, and that this mission was actually sanctioned by Senator Organa. So slow your roll because yeah. this is no, all fine. Chillax. And we get a we, we also get like we find out what Senator her role is here in in the Republic. She's like the head of defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. Uh Zhao's been kind of slapping hair around here with his position. And C-3PO shows up and threw, uh, and uh, Leia through 3PO, like slaps him around with her position. Like, yeah. next time you decide to have a defense meeting without the head of defense, maybe don't make any decisions. <laughs> maybe, yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know what's implied here. Like, has... 
has Hera had communications with Leia about this prior to now? Or is this just something that naturally would have reached, like through the pipeline, these events have reached Leia, and Leia is on good faith and her trust in Hera deciding to step in, intervene, and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, her and Hera would have, would know each other. Um, but so I think this is more that latter, right? Like she's the head of defense. Hera is essentially being at a court martial hearing. So she's, she's heard about it. She's read the file. She trusts Hera and what Hera says. So she sends three PO to, to bail her out. Right. Okay. And, uh, and I guess that makes sense. And I guess that clears up my, is this just an obnoxious member berry? <laughs> oh, it's a member uh, berry. Oh, by, it is. By all means. But, I, but it's not obnoxious. This, this would, I would, I would say that this is like, there are good member berries. Sense. There are bad member berries. This is absolutely uh, uh, an A class S tier awesome member berry it, it works it, makes sense. it fits it makes sense it makes sense that r2 is not there because r2 is probably with luke yeah right which is a little sad <laughs> to think that like at this they've point in time again <laughs> they've been split up they have different roles right yeah. they're not just temporarily not together they're probably for years they're not together they have very different roles yeah yeah uh so then we have our title card we cut back to Purgles going through inexplicably colorful hyperspace and the inside of the ship where Ahsoka is doing a little lightsaber training, um, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. You know, under the guidance. Under the guidance of a hologram, a pre-recorded hologram of another member berry. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going to pay to have him in the series, you shoot a couple of, you know, you you shoot more than one. But Anakin's there. This is a good member berry again, though, because it calls, like, it's a member berry because it's the exact same lines he's giving Ahsoka in the, not Visions, what was it? Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi. Miniseries. Yeah. Right? Um, So it harkens back to that, but it, it... Again, I think this fits really well. Because especially considering the last episode and the journey Ahsoka went on. Yep. You know what stood out for me in this scene the most? What? This is the first live action time that we've heard the uttering of the name Asajj Ventress. Hmm. So that was that was yeah. just cool. It was cool to see that brought into probably the first time Hayden Christensen has actually said it, right? Yeah. And so cool to see that kind of connective tissue that, you know, it, it just sort of feels like it further canonizes the Clone Wars. Really, like, adds some connective tissue there, where we have live-action Hayden Christensen in his Clone Wars shoulder guard armor get up yeah saying the name massage ventress just feels it feels right it feels good um hu yang comes in and they're just kind of talking about the hologram a little bit and uh and she says you know anakin recorded like 20 of these for me and uh this is this is the last this is the final one um Mm. which i'm guessing means and we see her we see her put that hologram away in a little wooden box with all the others yeah i'm guessing this one gets more play than the rest of them do though yeah maybe being the last one right there's probably something tormenting inside of her and also sort of sentimental and symbolic about this was the last real positive message that i got from anakin um and she laments here that Anakin was a good master, right? Like Hu Yang says, he didn't. He never realized how sentimental, how sensitive Anakin was. And and Ahsoka says he like he was a good master. 
which is big and and is consistent yeah. with the story that like if this whole series ends up just being about i think if this series is about at the end of the day if this series is about thrawn and thrawn's return and finding ezra then i i think it will not have been a big success I think it will have been kind of like, well, we kind of beat around the bush a lot. We didn't really get there and we kind of did all kinds of crap and, you know, whatever. Uh, But if the main focus of this series, if this series is remembered as the story of Ahsoka reconciling who Anakin was, became, and what that means for her, then I think I will look back on it much more fondly. So... Yeah, I'm hoping we lead. I'm hoping we continue to lean into that. Yeah, I, I I would say, like on that note, I would say it's a combination. It, I think the story's meant to be a combination of both of those things, um, and not meant to be taken separate. Like it's a it's a it's a story about Ahsoka's journey and reconciliation with her past and her master. Yeah, but as she's that journey is being made, Thrawn and the threat of Thrawn is also happening, right? Like, sure, they're they're so interwoven. They, he's interwoven those two stories, right? Um, they're yes. meant to be taken together. So, yeah, I th- I would, uh, yeah, I I agree. However, I think for me, the title of the series is Ahsoka, right? And so I need something to be, I need at its heart for the show to be so Ahsoka centric, right? Because otherwise you could call the show the return of Thrawn or you could just call the show Rebels (laughs) season three, right? So to really make it Ahsoka, I need it to be about Ahsoka. So anyways, Hu Yang says, I think we're, uh, I think we're nearing our destination. And she says, well, the hell makes you say that dumbass and he says well according to my scanners we're our speed is decreasing and so they head back up to the cockpit and um ahsoka says look once we drop out of hyperspace our priority is finding sabine and he's like and hu yang the ever optimist says well we're still banking on the fact that we're we're dropped that these whales have brought us to the right galaxy, let alone the right system, let alone the right planet. And even if we are in the right system and right system, our star charts are useless. Our star charts are useless. So, so what do you like? What's your plan here? And Ahsoka thinks, Ahsoka says, well, I think the odds are actually very good. And Hu Yang being a droid says, no, no, actually the odds are horrible. (laughs) astronomically bad and um this is this seems like it's a fun play on the never tell me the odds never tell me the odds yeah exactly (laughs) and so uh so then they say well you know so what's the plan and she says well we look for the enemy because sabine came with the enemy and so if we find the enemy we'll find sabine yeah um and then of course in very Yeah, and of course, in very, very convenient television show timing, immediately following this conversation, they do, in fact, come out of hyperspace um, and into a minefield. They're being attacked. And this is the attack that we saw foreshadowed when Thrawn said, if any purgles come out of hyperspace, destroy them with extreme prejudice. Yeah. So that is... That is what's transpiring. Uh, and so they do a little bit of like evasive maneuvers and, and you know, whatever needs to be done. And uh, they find themselves a sweet little hiding spot amongst the junk so that, um, you yeah. know, so they can't. <laughs> yeah. Escaping the minefield, that there's a fun little moment there between the two of them as well, or who Yang's like. Well, at least the whales are providing us come come cover from these mines, and then like, like you're saying, like movie mat, like j- perfect timing. The whales start 
jumping back into hyperspace. <laughs> yeah. And so there's this great shot of Ahsoka like double taking the whales as they as they leave. And she's like, you had to say something. Shut up. <laughs> it's it's almost but not quite an optical flip. Do you know what an optical flip is in in film and television? Uh, even if I do, which I don't, then uh let, let, tell the audience. <laughs> so an optical flip is where there's a setup and then it's in one line sets up a punchline that is um that is separated by a change in scene. So basically, um you know, if someone was like, oh, you know, we'll go to the party tonight. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then instantly the next shot, like as soon as that happens, you see them coming back in the door from the party going, you know, well, how could I know that was going to happen? Right. Like right. that's okay. an optical flip, right? Where where you say something and immediately, yeah, you know, you or like, the, yeah, okay. you know, we're going to, uh, there won't be much of a line for the movie. It's no big deal. Like, you know, we've got plenty of time. Yeah. And then the this next, very next thing you see is them st- stuck in this massive line going, we're never going to get in. That's a, that's an optical flip. So yeah. this is, this is kind of close. almost like yeah. that, but not, not quite. Not quite. Um, yeah. But they're chased into the, to the dead bone asteroid field by, by Thrawn's fighters. Anyway. Yes, which is cool that yeah. this this planet's ring is made up by of like pergle bones. Yeah, it's that's elephant, cool. It's a pergle graveyard, an elephant graveyard, yeah. if you will. Uh, which turns out those aren't actually even real. Did you know that pergle elephant graveyards? What? Yeah. No, they're a thing, yeah. aren't they? I'm pretty sure. I feel like this is... Studies have shown there is no evidence to support the existence of an elephant graveyard, but the idea of its existence persists, and perhaps for good reason, elephants are known to show deep levels of mourning after loved ones die, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no, we've never actually found an elephant graveyard. Interesting. It's just something in fiction. Or or something (laughs) man-made. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, So then we cut back to the Star Destroyer and Thrawn, and this is the moment that I was waiting for, but I hope that we haven't seen the end of this um, because we kind of get a fun moment here, but it's not, I, I still need there to be an interaction between Thrawn and Ahsoka where this is brought up. Um, but Morgan Elsbeth comes in with all of the information that Thrawn requested about Ahsoka, who she is, where she's from, and who her master was. And so Thrawn takes the chunky iPad, super, super advanced civilization, technology, you know, galaxy, whatever, and their iPads are still an inch and a half thick. I don't know why they haven't figured that out, but whatever. And so he takes the super clunky iPad, and he's looking down at it, and he's kind of skimming through the information, and he pauses... And he looks up at Morgan Elsbeth with a bit of a, oh, snap, look on his face. And he goes, her master was General Anakin Skywalker. And Morgan Elsbeth, and obviously Thrawn knows what that means. And Morgan Elsbeth goes, yes. Obviously not knowing what that means. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, and then so all of a sudden, Thrawn's tone changes a little bit. He's like, yeah. "Oh shit, son. Okay, yeah. he's uh, he's he's recalculating everything he's planned so far." <laughs> yes, and so he says to Enoch, "He says you're you know okay. So you're sure there's only one fighter, and uh, and you're sure we're not gonna have trouble drawing them out and taking them out and like whatever, and." And Enoch sort of reassures him. And Morgan Elspeth doesn't fully understand what's happening here, right? He says, well, we're going to let them believe that they're still in hiding. And we're just going to try to stay one step ahead of them here. And kind of let her think that she's, we're going to let her go on her own path here. And just stay one step ahead. And Morgan Elizabeth is like, are you sure this is the right move? And stuff like that. And, and Thrawn says, well, 
Jedi are very good at hiding. They it's something he takes a shot at Jedi here and sort of the Order sixty six incident where he says that it's something they've been practicing for years. <laughs> right? It's yeah. sort of just like a throw his power. Any that around. have survived are survive because they're good at hiding. <laughs> yes. Um and he says if she's anything like her master, she will be quite unpredictable and dangerous. So he knows and he has respect for what this means. Right? He's no longer seeing her as just another Jedi. Yeah. He's seeing her not even as Anakin. Anakin means nothing to him. He's seeing her as the apprentice of Darth Vader. Yeah. The one of the strongest force wielders to ever exist. So that's it's concerning to him. We cut back to Ahsoka and Huyang, who are navigating massive rib cages and femurs and whatever else. <coughs> Excuse me. For those listening, I do have COVID. Um, and so they're just kind of, uh, they're kind of talking about like, okay, we don't know what the hell's going on, who's attacking. Ahsoka says, well, it's Thrawn, right? Thrawn's the one leading this attack. And so they know we're here. And Hu Yang says, well, I'm running scans for Master Ren, Lady Ren, I think he calls her. Yeah. And, um, and I can't find her, right? There's no sign of her. And Ahsoka says, "Well, hang on. I'm uh, I might have a little bit of a little bit of a trick here that I can try." Um, and she closes her eyes and tries to send a message or make a connection with Sabine through the Force. And I was trying to think of. I was like, "Where else have we seen this?" And something similar happens in the sequel series, but it takes it much further because Ray and Ben have <laughs> are are a dyad in the force, so they can actually like physically see each other and pass bowls of ramen back and forth through the force or whatever. Um, but really, this th the time that we've seen something just like this is after Cloud City, yeah, where Vader is communicating with Luke. Yeah, well, even even before that, we see Luke communicate with Leia. Luke's hanging from right. the thing upside down, yes. calling for Leia, and Leia, Leia. gets Han to, uh, uh, not Han, gets Lando. Lando to turn around and knows exactly where to go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is this is a common thing for, you don't need a strong, you just need a, to have a some kind of connection with an individual through the force. So because yeah. they've been training as master and apprentice, they have a bit of a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're down. And on the then we cut back now. to yeah. Sabine and Ezra. And Ezra is still playing pretty, or Sabine's still playing pretty coy about what the hell's going on. Yeah. And she, she's updated him pretty much about the war, yeah, but that's and it. And this is crazy. <laughs> and that was a fun moment because he's like, so the Empire is defeated and the, the Emperor is dead? Like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like he's got no idea what's going on. Like that's to me, that was cool. I don't know why that hadn't occurred to me that like he's super out of the loop. He doesn't know what's going on at all. And uh, yeah, she's like battle of Endor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like accurate, but also a member Barry. It's a very small little like, ah, we said Endor look. Um, and so, and then she shows some, I think she shows a little bit of doubt about the Emperor's disappearance here, right? Because he says, and the Emperor died? And Sabine says, that's what people say. She yeah. doesn't She doesn't quite well, say, like, nah, he's super dead. Yeah. Right? Which could just be her being playful, but I I don't know. I'm probably yeah. reading too much into it. Well, it's, it's all based on Luke's account that he's dead. I guess, right. and that the Death that the Death Star blew up, right? But Luke is the only living person who's witnessed it. Yeah, 
if if Luke survived, I guess maybe her doubt is that if the person reporting it survived, then maybe and he was on the Death Star, right? And maybe somebody else, could, like yeah. So yeah, and nobody. And this is the thing. Like the one thing missing from this conversation is Ezra saying like. And there's a new Jedi master named Luke, like or like some sort of you know like, and they were all defeated by a Jedi, right? Because uh, yeah. that's like a big deal. That's important to to what's yeah. going on here. But also, it just occurred to me that like, without with the majority of people never knowing that Vader is Anakin. The majority of people never, ever, 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 ever find out that Vader was Luke's father. They do. When? It's the reason that Leia is not the the supreme leader or whatever. Um, it, the 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 she there's the reason she's only like on the defense council. She's still just a counselor. So how how have people not pieced that together then? Though they how did. do more people it's, not it, know then that Vader was Anakin. Uh, I forget. I don't remember how it came out. I don't remember where or how, but I know that in current canon, uh, somehow it's been informed. Maybe it's because Luke wants to, people to know that Darth Vader turned on, like was redeemed. Or as Anakin, is it that? But is it that it's widespread knowledge, or that like Mon Mothma knows? Well, no, it's yeah, it's it's known enough that Leia's can't take a more prominent position in the Republic, right? But that could just be an agreement and understanding between two or three people that, like, hey, yeah, you know what, that makes sense. It, it yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I feel like okay. it's it's pretty widely known that Darth Vader was and uh, was Luke and Leia's dad. And that he, he and that he, and if that's the case, then Luke would make it known that he was Anakin and he's redeemed himself. Um, yeah, so it would be it would be probably by like most residents of the galaxy that hear about it, it would probably be heard as more like folklore kind of thing, like kind of like uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a modern day, like a lot of this stuff about Trump that's never been proven fact right like uh the these the 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 pp tapes (laughs) right that's there's no there's no fact that it's there's never been anything proven that these things exist but people talk about it like it is i don't know i don't know what you're talking i don't follow any of that crap but But, uh, it's um um, like like luke luke is more folklore in 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 the galaxy than it is fact that he's a Jedi. Well, sure. By the time he did that, by the time Ray's on the scene, even the Jedi are kind of folklore, (laughs) right? Like it's all the Jedi are folklore now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for sure. But yeah. Um, So then, uh, then we have Sabine and it's kind of like a lot of nothing happens here for a bit where Sabine and Ezra are still just kind of writing and talking and yeah. Ahsoka's trying to communicate with her, and then she kind Ezra's of finally trying gets to through. Pre- press for for how they got there, and yep. Sabine's being quiet. Is it better or worse than what we normally position we're in? She's like, "Oh, it's worse, but I'm not going to tell you how or why." <laughs> yeah, which is like, like I don't know. I don't think Ezra's being forceful enough here. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's time for you to actually tell me what the hell's going on. Like, yeah. he's he's pretty just. I don't know. He's just uh, content. Happy, happy to see her content. Not yet. knowing things. Yeah. <laughs> making, um, as, making assumptions that, that he, he's going to get home. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ahsoka gets through just by saying Sabine. Sabine. And that's it. There's an, it's like a, a, a homing beacon or something. It's enough that Ahsoka is able to see Sabine and figure out their position. We cut back to Thrawn, who is now trying to figure out Ahsoka's position. And he brings in the three 
mother witch mothers what are they called uh, yeah uh, something something mothers <laughs> scary mothers den mothers great mothers whatever they are great mothers. um and i i'm starting to get the feeling that like i mean these three witches are far more powerful than thrawn are yeah and this constant, this is starting to feel more and more like he just kind of bosses them around a bunch. They're, and this is they're, kind of they like, are subservient to him. Like they, they but why? Um, and for how much longer is what I'm wondering. Yeah. Right. Like what? What is their? What is their allegiance? Yeah, I don't know. It. it yeah, it seems like whatever deal they've made they're going to follow help him and follow through with his plans however he needs i don't know this feels to me like you know when you have like three in supernatural or or a horror movie or whatever where you have like three teenagers that have been dicking around with a ouija board and they have what they believe is a demon on a leash and then and they think they're in control and then all of a sudden they discover very quickly and in not so good a way that in fact they are not are you saying in control they're the witches are the demon and thrawn is the boy playing is with the, the ouija board is is, is the, the guy who has things on a leash that are much more powerful than he is and don't actually like could break free from that leash at any time and crush him if they mm. felt like they were being bossed around too much yeah. So yeah. I don't know. He just he says, "I need your assistance," and they're like, "Yes, our our master, you know, whatever you I, wish, our lord." And I it's think, like, uh, I think he fully understands. What's I don't know. Going on. <laughs> I also don't know that. Like, I was thinking through this episode too. I'm like, when Thrawn returns, what exactly is it? like? He's one star destroyer. Like, yeah, he's smart and he's you know whatever. But he's one star destroyer. He's one star destroyer with a handful of of stormtroopers, uh, and the Empire is gone. So, like, he's he's really coming back to the galaxy with a hell of an uphill battle in front of him. I uh, I would say yes and no because the. The Empire is not gone. It's just gone underground. And we saw that in Mandalorian with the council meeting between the Imperial yeah. warlords. Right. They all have their own agenda. They're not working very well together. But if like in that council meeting in Mandal on the Mandalorian season, it really seemed like even though some of them doubted Thrawn's return, it really, to me, I would, I would, I got, I could get, I think I could easily, can safely infer that if Thrawn returns, there's enough respect and, um, kind of, uh, for enough respect for his intelligence and leadership ability that everyone would fall in line underneath him. I don't know. It's a big gamble. So it feels like a big gamble to me, but. Uh, so anyways, uh, that all happens and then they, they, the witches come in and they use their magic little floating golden snitches again to triangulate quite literally, uh, (laughs) Ahsoka's location and, uh, and they do so and they, they open fire. They're like, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's attack. Yeah, and so they start attacking. And this is right at the same moment, essentially, that Ahsoka hones in on where Sabine is. So they are getting the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. So all of a sudden <laughs> they're getting attacked, but Ahsoka's not really worried about it because she's like, "That's fine. I know. I know where it is. We have to go." And Hu Yang is like, "Great, let's go then." <laughs> like, uh, he's so great. Um, and so they, yeah. So there's just a little bit of an action flying battle sequence here it's there's not really much to talk about um visuals are great as they have been through a lot of this show um and we cut back to 
Balin and Shin, who are going their separate ways. So they've located uh, Sabine and Ezra, yeah. and Shin's ready to like go in and go for the capture, go for the kill. And Balin's basically like, "Okay, best of luck." And Shin's like, <laughs> yeah. "Whoa." This like, are, are you, yeah, are you not coming? And he's like, your determination and whatever else, like your, your, has set your path for you. My path, however, is, is different. Um, and so, yeah, basically releases her as his apprentice. Yeah. He, yeah, is, is a kind of an interesting he recognizes that she wants something that he doesn't want. And rather than drag her along with to the thing he wants, he's like, you do you. <laughs> she has the ambitions of your garden variety Sith. Yeah. Power. Power. Yeah. Unbridled power is what she's after. But f- yeah. Um, physical power. Like B- Balin's after some p- kind of power that we're not, quite sure what it is yet we're lots of theories floating out there but yeah she's after kind of typical power right that one a sith would attribute to like control over people and oneself and others and things and 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 the, the things it takes to have that control and power she's that's what she's driving towards yes yeah 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 so yeah he releases her and um, gives her one last piece of advice, which is that hastened victory Impatience always victory. leads to defeat. Yeah. yeah. Impatient victory always leads to defeat, um, which is sound advice, actually, coming from one, a dark one side One last user. lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's yeah. definitely not. And he, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely not Sith. I, I I I would hesitate to even label him as a dark side user. I would say he's more of a gr- like a gray Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Or he's he's willing to use both sides of the like he's he's found some balance using both sides of the force. With a and little bit of a lean towards the darker side, I would he's, say. He's he's more yeah, he's more willing to do by any means necessary to meet his goals, but he still has compassion and understanding and sympathy, which we've seen him give Sabine. He is what Anakin believed he was going to be by accepting the teachings of Palpatine. Right? Anakin never intended to turn full dark side. Hmm. But he was willing to use dark side knowledge in order to save Padme. Right. Yes. However, the dark side got a hold of him and circumstances and the fact that your destiny. Now he had a master and he had like he was kind of, you know, like even even after he gets a suit on and him and and Sidious are standing there looking at the construction of the Death Star with a young jive walking Tarkin talking to them. Mm-hmm. Vader's still not like full, like he, he he's got a lot of conflict inside of him, right? Um, he just wanted his wife, and he just wanted, you know. And now, yes, the dark side has got a hold of him. But he's still, he's like, it, it's not a, a flip of the switch where all of a sudden he's just a Sith Lord. I I would disagree with that. You think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. You think he it's just goes not, full It's Sith? not until he finds out that he has Luke as a child that he has any kind of path to redemption. He's, yeah, in, like, he's got no qualms about blowing up a Death Star or blowing up alderaan he's got like yeah he especially when you'd start diving into some of the extended universe canon like the darth vader comics he's like wrecking people without a care in the world oh sure but that's 20 years later he's got, i just mean like within the two days 
of Order 66. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not. Yeah. It, I, it would be not until Padme, he hears, finds out Padme's dead. She's that he dead. loses all hope and goes full bad dude. Full, yeah. like, well, what what does it even matter? Well, yeah. Yeah. My my wife's dead. My my future kids are gone. Are dead. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so the attack begins on our little turtle shelled people. Uh, and this is this is a cute line there where where as you know Sabine sees that these turtle people are seemingly in a lot of trouble and she's like well what the heck and Ezra's like I told you they were a peaceful people yeah one pulls out and a, she's like well, a yeah, slingshot but she didn't, does does nothing yeah <laughs> she's and like, she's like well, any yeah, real but weapons you didn't say you didn't say anything about defenseless <laughs> yeah. and so that that's fun um, but we find out that in some ways they're a little. They're a little Ewoky, right? Like the two of them bash their transports together and crush crush one of the bandits. Like they're not completely defenseless, but they're not able to hold their own really no. against this type of an attack. Um so the rest of this is just kind of a lot of attacking for a bit, right? Yeah. Like there's some fighting that happens. Ahsoka's coming in with her airship. She drops out early before reaching Sabine and Ezra and has a little bit of a standoff with um, with Balin. Balin. And yeah. Ahsoka feels very Jedi here. Because I know there's this whole, like, well, she's not technically a Jedi. No, to hell with that. She's communicating through the Force. She's... She's getting old lessons taught to her by her master. She's wielding lightsabers. I think Ahsoka is back to being a Jedi, especially yeah. because during this fight, Ahsoka is using, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems very much like Ahsoka's fighting style now, whereas Ahsoka's fighting style used to be fairly aggressive, very acrobatics-based, Right? Her fighting style when she's up against Balin is very like form three, which I know I'm getting thick into the weeds here for the average listener, uh, is the most common, like is, is the lightsaber fighting style that is a, the most common for Jedi and B the most common for Jedi in times of peace. And it's more about outlasting your opponent and more about outlasting your opponent so you can either subdue them or escape than it is about defeating your opponent. And there's a line here where he says, you you can't defeat me. You can't beat me. And she says, well, maybe you're right, but maybe I don't have to. And and that's when the 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 missiles come in and create a diversion and she's able to, to get the hell out of there. Right. And wow. so it, it see, and that feels very Jedi to me. It feels very, yeah, it just felt very like she's, she's grown a lot, even through the course of the series. And I think is, is back to, to feeling full on Jedi now. So that's just, that's my take. Uh, we're back to Sabine and Ezra. Sabine's trying to give Ezra his old lightsaber back. Here, take this. <laughs> and he's like, nah, no, 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 I don't need it. I gave that to you. What? Yeah. You guys are getting attacked. Take the... I had a big issue with this part. He's like, take the lightsaber. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, okay, well, at least take a blaster then. And he's like, no, I have the force on my side. And that's the only thing I need. I'm sorry, that was stupid. It's lame. It's so lame that that's the stance he takes. And so, yeah, but he the starts... the Force is his ally. <laughs> yeah, but I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. And he starts, like... He does some fist-to-fist combat, and that's all fine, whatever, except for when he is, for a period, successfully fist-to-fist combating Shin who is swinging her lightsaber around 
fairly aggressively. And again, if we want to get into the weeds, I would say that Shin has a mostly form one approach where she's just making these big, wide sweeping, broad swings with her lightsaber. Um, but yeah, he's, he's successfully fist to fist combating someone with a lightsaber. I'm sorry. That's, that seemed really dumb to me. Am I, am I missing, am I missing the mark here? Like, Uh, I don't, I think a little bit, I think like, I would say he's probably as or more trained than she is in the force. Cause I, I would, I would peg him as being a, a little older depending on when she started getting training, I guess. I don't know, but like but hasn't it been like 10 years or something like how long has he been here yeah but he's also been like he makes the, when he turns up his nose up at the, the lightsaber he he does kind of make a remark about like i've learned to fight without it yeah right like he's been here for 10 years without a lightsaber and not against people it's probably not his though. first run in with bandits or thrawn so yeah, I would I would say he's yeah he's learned he's he's learned to use the force trust in the force as his ally to to fight, um, and he's become competent enough and confident enough that he doesn't even need a, a blaster really like he does at one point use a blaster but he doesn't hang on to it um, no and so like and I would I would say probably. Like he's at a disadvantage, but I don't, uh, he might've been able to take her or at least fight her to a standstill without it. Like he blocks the lightsaber blast. No problem. It's not until he gets reckless because the the transports are coming in that he gets the knocked away. Though my biggest disappointment with him in this fight was with the exception of one, his force pushes seem kind of (laughs) weenie. Very. You know what I mean? Like he's like there's he pushes a, him back. What he does six at least inches? three or four force pushes, and they seem like just a little shove on the shoulder. There's That's only what I'm one saying. that sends a guy flying. That's what I'm saying. I don't. So know. yeah, that uh, that seemed weird to me. That's what so seemed then weird a, to me. Then Ahsoka shows up, and because a bunch of troopers show up, and they're all kind of cornered at this point, right? They're like, okay, we're screwed. And they go to open fire on them and kill them. And despite Ezra's like, hey, you know, <laughs> Ezra's like, Wait. we could talk. <laughs> Wait a minute. We could just like, you know, do- prisoners. Don't you want prisoners? Like, hey, hey. Stalling. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Ahsoka shows up, um, does what a real force push looks like, sending several troops flying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and there's a little bit of a battle that opens up here, but then very quickly, they are all the troops are called back because Thrawn has called them back. And Morgan Elizabeth is like, what are you doing? And he's like, wow, this seems, seems like a victory to us. Uh, Thrawn has noticed the absence of Balin. Yes. And Thrawn has been skeptical of Balin this whole time, saying that because he was once a Jedi, we must consider him flawed and we must, you know. Um, but he calls them all back. And Morgan Elizabeth is like, look, the only thing I see here is our enemies reunited. And Thrawn doesn't care. Thrawn says, look, our cargo transport is just about ready. And which means we're soon ready to depart and leave this place. And Ahsoka has lost the one thing today that she couldn't afford to lose, which is time. Time is in our favor, which means soon we'll be out of here. Thrawn's belief, understanding, sort of what he's hinging all of this off of, is that once they leave, Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine 
will have no means of getting back themselves. Yeah, he's he's kept his eye on the prize, which is yeah. leaving. He's the like, system. I'm not worried about them. If I'm not worried about it, them, because I'm going to leave them all here. Yeah, he 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 pressed them to to waste their time, but also like they're they're dangerous pieces to kind of be left on the board. Yeah. Right. So if he could remove those pieces, all the better. But really, he's just wasting time. Yeah. Uh, so then <clears throat> all the troops leave and Ahsoka makes sort of a desperate, pathetic attempt to convert Shin and say, hey, be a good guy. <laughs> I can <laughs> like, help you. <laughs> I can help you. Let's be friends. And Shin just kind of winces at her and, and leaves. And uh, they have a cute little reunion. Ahsoka hugs Ezra and, uh, and yeah. And Ezra says, ah, I think my chances of going home are getting good or something. And it, nobody, there's no face that is like, oh. uh, you know, uh, we don't there's know. a bit of a revelation here for Ezra that, that he didn't know before because she's like, yeah. It's Sabine says, I thought you were dead. dead. And Ezra's like, you thought she was dead. <laughs> Yeah, just sort of highlighting just how really in the dark he is. Yeah. So, I don't know. But and that's the end of the episode. It's the end of the episode. So, Carl, was this episode a win or a fail for you? Mm. Um, Man, I, it's definitely not as the, the best episode of the series so far. But I still enjoyed it. I would still mark it as a win. Um, yeah. Uh, what about yourself? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a fail. Yeah. Because literally, it is the second last episode in the series. And this is, if this is not a filler episode, then I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. All that's really happened, this, it, it was a, a, a 35, 30 minute episode, however long it is, once you take the credits out, episodes are getting shorter and shorter as they do with Disney Plus series. Nobody knows how to actually time out a script with Disney Plus. Um, all that happened was Ahsoka was reunited with Ezra. Yeah. That's it. That's the only thing that happened in this episode. That is actually the only plot furthering thing that has happened in this episode. So I I think it's a fail. Hmm. Yeah, it's it it was just filler. It was a filler episode going into our final episode and that has me worried. This series started out very strong for me, incredibly strong. I could not wait to watch the next episode. I could not wait to watch this episode. Because there was the whole like I need to know who her master is and she's coming right now. And I was like, Ooh, this is going to be a thing. And it kind of was for like half a second. And then, and then nothing. It's just a, just a lot of like, literally a lot of traveling. We saw a lot of walking through the desert. Yeah. Is what we saw. So flushing out some not super essential details. Come on, Ahsoka. You, you gotta, you gotta write this ship. Yeah, uh, gotta turn this around for the last episode. Yeah, before we end this, uh, I, I want to just—I think these are just Easter eggs. I don't know if they have any actual relevance to the story. I think they're just little plug, fun Easter eggs that Filoni threw in, or or the creative teams threw in. But I think it was the last episode. I just more breakdown videos where they break down like the Arabesh and stuff when they were. When Balin and uh, what's her name Shin, yeah Shin, were uh, leaving the fortress on the on those wolves, there's like some weird lettering on the side of the fort. Somebody finally figured out what it was, and it was written backwards, which only leads it to be more of an Easter egg and potentially less of a important thing. But it like it's like some some ancient Sith language written backwards about like the, uh, this Sith Lord for wherever reigned something, something. That's which, so that was kind of cool. 
and then also this one's kind of more interesting i think but there was a point in the last one of the last two episodes where like balin is on out out in the wilderness here on this planet and he's like looking at his arm and the screen on his arm on his wrist has got a readout and when somebody tra- was able to translate it and it was a list of of important character names luke leia han um uh, and uh ben and uh was there another one i don't remember if there were a couple others but like like the key important characters from essentially the original trilogy and potentially Ben was Ben solo could have been. Uh, so yeah, it was just pretty interesting that he had this list of names on his wrists, whether it's important or not. I'm guessing it's, not, uh, it's just an Easter <laughs> egg. Yeah. yeah. It was fun, fun little Easter eggs that get slipped into these shows. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's it. That's all for this. We got one more episode, season finale tomorrow. We got to wrap all this up with a either a, a pretty bow or when the package opens, there's another present inside we have to unwrap later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed below. And we have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show and get some fun perks in return. And we have a merch page. We don't have any sneakers, though. Why are you just stop? Stop poking <laughs> holes in the merch. I, I'm just saying, what if people need some kicks? <laughs> That's why they, people come to the Movie Men podcast to they, get their kicks. They, they can buy a button and, and put it on their kicks. <laughs> And put it on your kicks. Yeah. There you go. 